Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. This is when you say Merry Christmas season back. Merry Christmas season! Merry Christmas! How many of you have already started hand knitting your ugly sweater? Nobody? Nobody's already hand knitting their ugly sweater? You are? Yes! You're already going to win the competition in my book. Yes, that's right. We have an ugly sweater competition in two weeks at our Christmas party. We will have like a legit runway. You'll have to show off the ugliness of the sweaters of which you wear. There is usually a best, and by best we mean worst, homemade category. So I encourage you, make a sweater. It's awesome. Well, I'm super glad to be with you guys today. Thanks for making the, the discipline to come out here tonight. I know some of you are working on finals and exams and papers and anybody's stress level like through the roof right now? Yeah, I feel you. I get it. Not supposed to be stressed. It's Christmas. Take a deep breath. Be here in the moment. It'll be good. Um, here's a question. Have you ever just got a song stuck in your head? It's just stuck in your head and you can't get it out. You have like a lyric rolling over and over in your head. Jingle bells? Let it snow? It's Christmas songs right now. What? All I want for Christmas. I like the hippo one. I want a hippo. Hippo. Yes. 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 Christmas songs. Don't, don't you hate when it's like a song that you like loathe, you know? It's like a song that you hate and it's stuck in your head. The song, the Christmas song that I hate the most from the depths of the sole of my toes to my head, soles of my shoes, I think that's how that works, is, um, oh, what's the song? Last Christmas I gave you my heart and the very next day you gave it away. I loathe that song <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> loathe entirely. Yes, I do not like that song. Oh, man. And the Christmas shoe song? The really sad one about the kid that just wants to buy Christmas shoes for his mom? It's so sad. It's the worst. It's so sad. Oh, man. Well, I am one, maybe you are too, that you just, you get a song stick in your head, you know, it's going, I'm usually humming some kind of tune like over and over and over again. And there's something about music, right? <laughs> Good. <laughs> There's something about music that just like cuts the core of us, right? Like, have you ever just been like having an ordinary day and like you're listening to a song and the lyric just totally like freight trains you over and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Anybody? Yes? You know, you're just like driving along in your car and that one song comes on and like the tear just comes down your cheek. <laughs> it's so beautiful. This is my song, you know? Or that one song. That one song that comes on, and every time it comes on, you're transported to that one place at that one time. Everybody has that song, you know? You never know what's going to happen. Like, it's an old song, and all of a sudden it comes on the radio, and you're like, whoa, I'm back to where that song, I first heard that song, right? Man, music, right? It cuts deep at the core of us. And I think the reason I like music so much is because I am not really great at wording what I feel. Anybody else in that boat? Like, I don't know how to say 
what I'm feeling, you know? And so like the song is able to communicate just something like that's inside of me that needs to come out, you know? Like it's able to put words to something that I can't put words to, you know? And I think that, I think God gave that to us for a reason, you know? That sometimes we just need those words to articulate something true. I'm kind of, I'm a person that um, when, a, when a lyric comes on or a quote comes on, I like to, and it like hits me, I usually like tweet about it. No, none of you people are on Twitter. It's just me and Eilish and Gabrielle <laughs> tweeting each other. Um, also, like I have, like years ago, I started a hashtag called Quotation Chronicles. So far, I'm the only one using it. So don't use my hashtag. How dare you? Um, and so like during my life, when I get a quote or like a lyric, I just like, make a picture, I put that quote in there, and I'm able to, like, go through that and see all the different things that, like, I was learning or, like, God was showing me in those lyrics at those times. And I don't know, this something that we, we need music, right, to express these truths, these things inside of us, to, to, I don't know, to give words to something that's, like, deep, deep within us. And during this time, in Christmas, we are looking at different songs of promise, these are songs in the scriptures. These are songs that people many, many years ago sang to communicate these things. To say, oh, I have this like feeling in my soul and I need to get it out. And they sing these songs and they, they touch on something so much deeper and truer and bigger than so many of like the fading, fleeting things we have in our lives. And it touches on the promises of God. And so today we are going to look at uh, a young songwriter, a young teenage girl. She's going to write a song for us today, and we are going to look at her song and see what it says to us. If you have your Bibles tonight, open up to Luke 1. That's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. The Gospel of Luke was written by a man named, guess it? Nice. Well done. The Gospel according to Luke, he, uh, he made a point to write down the things about Jesus' life. And so we start here and we are introduced to this young teenage girl. Um, many of you may consider yourself songwriters. Anybody secretly write songs in the closet of your room? <laughs> no, never. Why would I do that? <laughs> I'm not a songwriter, so I can't. <laughs> so this teenage girl, she's going to write us a song about this way that she encountered God in a really incredible way. Now, this is a girl that, you know, she's not, she's not really anything special. She's probably not someone you would notice in your hallway. You know, she's probably not someone that you've seen at school or, like, could point out in a crowd. Um, she's probably, like, one of those persons, you haven't had this experience yet, but I've totally had this experience of, like, I've met someone there's someone in this room, actually. Where's Joe Howard? <laughs> Where they're like, I totally went to school with you. And I'm like, no, you didn't. And you're like, yeah. Right? This is like people in your class that you find out like years later that like you went to the same school with them. She's probably that person like, I never even seen her in my life. And she was in eight of my classes. You know, this is this lady. She's not really anything big or important. She's just trying to make it. Right? She's just trying to make it in life. She's just trying to survive. She wants to make her parents proud. She wants to look forward to the future. And that's really all she can expect, you know? Her people are kind of looked down on in her city, right? People, they don't like her people. She's an Israelite. She's a Jew. And so, you know, when she goes to the marketplace, people kind of give her a dirty look. You know, they don't really like her. She doesn't come from a really great background. Um, 
And one day, this girl, she's probably sitting in her room, knitting socks. I don't know why that came to my mind. <laughs> it's Christmas. We all knit socks at Christmas, right? No. Nobody knits socks. I don't knit socks. She's in her room, and she's thinking, and she's, I don't know, sweeping. They didn't have carpets back then. You don't sweep your carpets. And she's sweeping. <laughs> and suddenly, like, a big flash of light, and boom, an angel shows up. She's like, ah! Ah! Imagine just, like, a blinding flash of light showing up in your room tonight, and he's like, hey, I'm Gabriel. And you're like, Ah! <laughs> Who are you and how did you get in my house, right? This angel shows up and he's like, Mary! And she's like, ah! (laughs) By the way, her name is Mary. This is the girl we're talking about. (laughs) And this angel goes, hey, I got some really crazy, crazy, crazy news for you. She's like, what? He goes, you are going to give birth to the king of the world, to God himself. She's like, wait, first of all, that's impossible. One, because I'm not that important. Like, a king would not come from my line. And she's like, two, I don't have a husband, right? She's a virgin. She's, she can't have kids. She's like, the angel. It's too, super impossible. You're so dumb. It's not possible, right? And angel's like, nope, you're going to have a kid. And so she, she thinks, you know, she's a good Hebrew kid, good Jewish kid. She's had the stories of her history. And she thinks back to when grandma so-and-so told her the story about how the God of creation made the world out of nothing. Impossible, right? No raw materials, and he creates the world. And she remembers the story about great, 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 Abraham and Sarah, right? Super, super old ancestors that couldn't have kids because they were super old, and they had a baby. And so she goes, I know in the stories of my people, that God is a God who does, does impossible things. So rather than disbelieving the angel, she says, all right, I'm your servant. Let it be done according to your word. Even though shame was going to follow her, right? Her community is going to look down on her, possibly abandoned. Like, she's engaged at this point, but, like, the bro could be like, uh, okay. Obviously, you were unfaithful, right? Joseph, Mr. Joe, he could have left, right? But this is what awaits her, and she is still faithful. And so out of this impossible circumstance, she looks at herself, she looks at her life, she's like, can God do this? She begins to sing a song from the depths of her soul. And it's a song of rejoicing. She sings this song. I'm going to read it out of my text because I like it. She sings this. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things. We just sang a song about great things. He has done great things for me and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So she begins to sing 
this song. And you can hear it, right? You can hear it in the way that she's writing these words, right? Like from, uh, oh, this is going to be a problem. Here we go. So from the very beginning, her opening lines, right? She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You can hear just like the depths. It's like so close to her heart. It's so deep. It's so weighty. It's like, oh, like I can't believe God would do this in my life. My soul is magnifying the Lord. My spirit, it's that feeling that you feel deep inside. And what is she rejoicing in? She's rejoicing in the fact that God is my Savior. She says, I rejoice in God, my Savior. For some reason, she looks at this child and this hope of a child and realizes that it's God, our Savior. I think like Mary, we feel the ache for some kind of a Savior. You know, like, I spend like 30 seconds on Twitter and I'm like already depressed. You know, there's like fires in California. There's like people dying in our city and cities around the world. There's conflict between countries and tribes and people. And I just like, I get overwhelmed when I get on social media because I'm like, dude, this world is so broken. And there's something like in my soul that's just like crying out saying like, this, this isn't the way it should be, right? Like this is not how this is supposed to go. And I think, like, our culture feels that too. Like, there's something about the Christmas season that's, like, beautiful at this time. You know, there's something about the themes of, like, joy and, like, peace, hope, love that our culture just, like, grabs onto. I'm shocked at times about, like, some of the songs that I hear when I go into, like, the stores. Or, like, I I watched the Grinch movie recently, and they sing, like, oh, what was the song? Oh, it was, but it was, like, it was talking about, like, Jesus, and, like, he's our savior, and I'm, like, this is the Grinch movie, and they're singing about God? Like, what is happening? Like, and there's something about, like, we need to, like, we're grasping onto. There's something in our soul that says, there's got to be more than this. I want the joy and the hope and the peace that God brings. One of my favorite um, lines and one of my favorite Christmas songs, like you, you can hear this anywhere. Like big name singers sing it. I was going to name some people and I was going to look really dumb, so I'm not going to. <laughs> look, check out this line. In a ho- O Holy Night, one of the lyrics is, long lay the world in sin and error pining, longing till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. It's like, oh man, I'm like, do you know what you're singing? Like, do you know what you're singing when you're saying that? Like this, this, this thing inside of our soul that's calling out to God, to a savior, to someone who's going to, to fix this, who's going to bring us hope and joy. We want, we want these things, right? We want joy to the world, right? We want peace on earth. We want to experience the love that is cultivated and triumphed in this season. And we hear this song of Mary that she's singing and we recognize that this isn't a fairy tale. That Jesus being born, truly, really born, isn't a fairy tale. Unlike Santa, Jesus is real. Some of you are like, 
You're like, Santa's not real. If you're just not finding that out, I'm really sorry. Right? This isn't a song that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel warm and fuzzy this time of year. Jesus is real. And Mary calls him her savior. And so she continues to sing. She's going to rejoice. This is a song of rejoicing. She's thanking the Lord. Let's see what else she sings next. Here's why she sings. Here's why she's thanking the Lord. She says, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who has mighty who is mighty, has done great things for me. Mary is rejoicing because she plays a part in the plan. She's rejoicing for her part in the plan, for the way that God has wrapped her into the story. And she she's recognizing that for some reason, God has invited her in this story. She's like, I'm nobody important. Like, I'm nobody that people know my name or recognize me. And yet God has given me a part of this plan. She's called Blessed which means she's been given a grace. Another song that I really like this time of year, and we're actually gonna sing later in this gathering, and I doubt any of you have actually really heard this song. It's not super popular, Um, but it's called Come and Stand Amazed. And it's the song talking about this baby in the manger and how crazy it is that like the God of the universe is a baby in a manger. And I love this line. Here, look what it says. It's talking about Jesus. It says, see him wrapped in swaddling bands, a blanket, baby blanket, who is Lord of all creation, rules the wind by his command. What? Like, what? Like, this baby that's coming into the world is the Lord of all creation, who later in the text literally talks to the, like, raging storm like it's a child. It's like, you stop that now, calm down. And it does, right? This, this is the baby that's born to Mary. Mary is carrying the creator of the universe. What a crazy thought that the one who created her, right, as we've seen Colossians 1, that through Jesus all things were made, right? So the one who created her, she is bringing into the world. And she says, who am I? I am not worthy of this. I am, I am nothing. She talks about, she says, he's looked on my, the humble estate of his servant. She's like, I come from nothing. I come from dirt. I'm from a back city in the middle of the Middle East. Nobody knows my name. And yet this has come to me. She's not a queen or a ruler's daughter, and yet the king of the world is gonna come through her. She's not powerful or rich, yet the one who owns everything is coming to her. Mary rejoices because God uses the humble. And right here, before Jesus is even born, we see a really important ethic of the kingdom of God. Jesus is going to come and he's going to be king over the world and he's going to be like, hey, everything you thought the world's supposed to be like, I'm going to tell you what it's actually going to be like. And one of those ethics that he talks about is humility. Somehow in this kingdom that Jesus is creating, those who are humble, those who come from nothing, Jesus raises. And those who walk around like, I got it together. I don't need anything. I don't need you to tell me how to live my life. I got the money. I got the power. I got whatever I need. Those he brings low because he is the king of the world. And I think we can take heart in this. Maybe you're in this room and you're like, dude, I feel like Mary. No one's going to remember my name. 
No one remembers my name now. <laughs> I'm not important. My family's not great. I may not even do great things in my life. I might just survive, get a job maybe. I'm not that great. Take heart and knowing that that is the exact kind of person that Jesus works with, that God works with. He is near the brokenhearted. He is near those who feel like they have nothing. He is near those who feel like they're forgotten and overlooked. Jesus is near to them. And it's also a warning. There have been times in my life, maybe you felt this too, where I've had that posture of the mighty, of the proud, of like, Psh, I'm competent, I can figure my life out by myself. I don't need you to tell me what to do, and I don't need you to tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want. Like, I'm smart enough to do this. And it is a call to the proud <laughs> of whose name will you spend your life making big? Will you spend your whole life at the hamster wheel <laughs> that is called existence trying to make your name huge and enlightened? Like, everybody look at me! Because I promise you it will not satisfy with every accomplishment, with every medal, with every compliment and accolade you get. It will never be big enough. And we have to ask ourselves, whose name and reputation is most important in your life? Because your name is not going to last. Tell me the name of your great-great-grandmother. One person knows their great-great-grandmother, okay? Your name is not going to last, but I'll tell you whose name will. Jesus the king of the world. So what will you spend your life doing? What will you spend your life making a name for? For yourself? For your own reputation? For how people see you? For how cool you are? For how many friends and followers and likes you have? Or will we make his name big? And as we see Mary sings, holy is his name. She says, I'm nothing. I'm not going to be anything but holy is his name. She's rejoicing in the God who saves. She's rejoicing in the fact that she's a part of the plan. And she looks at this and she's, she looks at this work and she says, this is a mighty work. This is an awesome work. And she's so thankful to be a part of this plan. She's reminded that God works in impossible situations. Last week, we looked at a song by a woman named Hannah. Anybody remember that story from last week, Hannah? One person does because her name is Hannah. <laughs> Hannah was a woman who could not have kids. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And the Lord granted her a child. She granted, he granted her a, something in the impossible. And we see here that Mary is remembering the story. She likely is remembering the story and saying the same thing, right? Like, God is my salvation. He can do impossible things like he did for Hannah. But what's interesting about Mary's story is she didn't ask for a child. Like, Mary is literally a teenager. How many of you presently sitting in this seat would be able for me to hand you an infant and you're able to take care of it? One brave soul, two brave souls. And they're all older siblings, right? <laughs> <clears throat> this thing that God has done for her does not feel awesome, okay? She is a teenager. She don't got a job. 
She don't got a house. She doesn't even have a husband yet. She was engaged. And God is bringing her this thing. And it's so miraculous. But her whole town is going to think her a liar. It's going to bring shame on her. Who knows, again, if Joseph's going to leave her. She doesn't know. Like, this doesn't seem like a mighty work. This seems like a massive inconvenience to her life. And yet she praises, she rejoices, she thanks God because she realizes that this is a part of God's salvation plan and she's wrapped into it. Does anybody know what Jesus' name means? If you read Luke this week, you would know. (laughs) Jesus' name, Yeshua, means Yahweh saves. Yahweh being the formal name of God, his personal name, Yahweh saves. She looks at this baby and she sees in this crying little infant, God saves. And so she sings, she rejoices for being wrapped into God's mighty plan. But she continues to to sing. There's more things she's thankful for in the story. So let's look at it. She goes, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Mary is also singing not only because she's wrapped into God's plan of salvation, but because she realizes that this is a plan for all people. This is not just for Mary's salvation. It's not for her people's salvation. Look, it says his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. So from years and years and years, all people, anyone who follows and trusts and fear the Lord up to this day and for generations to come, God has a salvation plan for all people who will follow him. And it's pretty powerful. We look at these, these stories here, right? This is what God does. He has shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud. Right, he's brought down the mighty. He's exalted those of humble state. He feeds the hungry. This is like, if this was a king, you'd be like, dude, this is an awesome king. He's super great. He like, he's, he's bringing down evil rulers. He's bringing justice, right? He's helping those who are weak and hungry and poor. And you think, wait a minute, how, how did Mary write these words from being told about a baby? Like a baby that like poops and cries and screams and drools all the time. How is a baby strong, right? How does a baby scatter the proud or bring down the mighty? Or how does, how does a baby fill the hungry? It can't even feed itself, right? You're like, Mary, you are a terrible songwriter because if this is about a baby, that, none of that is true, right? She's, she's singing this song and it doesn't make any sense. But imagine Mary living in her tiny town with her tiny people. I don't know if they're actually tiny. I meant like size of population size. Stop mocking me. (laughs) It's a silly image. She's in this town. I am crazy. She's in this town, right? And the thing is, is her people have been oppressed for a long time. Imagine how old our country is. Does anybody know how old our country is? Two hundred and something years. 
Like all through history, we've tried to gain power and money and all of these things to fix ourselves. We've, we have wrote books of self-help. We've uh, created mottos, you know? How many of your schools have like, maybe your school has a class, uh, has a motto, or like your classroom has a motto. Like back in my day at Mountain View, it was tolerance, right? That was the big thing, right? Well, no, we need mottos. We're just like, oh, if, if everyone just like had courage and be kind, we would all get along. We would all get along. There'd be no more fights. There'd be no more wars. Like, we wouldn't have issues with one another. But you and I are too clever to know that it doesn't work. The brokenness inside is too deep. Our hearts are too dreadfully sinful and selfish. Our heart is sick. But Jesus enters this world to solve the problem from the inside out. He comes into our existence, into our humanity. He breathes our air. He eats our food. (laughs) He was born in the dirt and the muck of our messed up humanity. And this is good news. Think for a moment about um, your PE class or maybe like... um, Everyone, you on a sports team, track, cross country, other things that involve a ball that you throw, right? And you're, you know, you're doing your workouts or like in gym class, we had a get up. I had a morning gym class. Still mad about that. <laughs> and uh, we always had to like, first thing we get in the gym and he turns on the timer and we got to run laps for a certain amount of time. How many of you just makes it mad, makes you mad that like while you're running laps, the coaches are like off in the corner just like chatting, you know? Or like while you're doing your drills, you know, the drills that like make you want to throw up and like they're just sitting there like, keep going. And you're like, why don't you keep going? (laughs) You know, like I want to see you do this, right? How do you feel about that person? You're just like, really? But I had one PE teacher that he, every time he would run it with us. He'd run the track with us. He'd run the gym with us. And I was like, that's a guy. That's a guy I can get behind, right? Because he knows the struggle. And when we talk about our humanity, we have a God, we have a king who knows what it feels like to be us. He knows what it feels like to hunger, to hurt, to bleed, to cry, to ache, to be tempted to evil. Yet from the inside of humanity, he never sinned but he carried our sin, all of our weights and our burdens and our mistakes and our failures, all of our sins, he carried the weight of that to the grave, to death. And in another miracle, God raised Jesus to life to give us a new heart with the freedom to live right, to resist evil, to love well, to say no to sin and temptation. And he gave us another promise that he would come back and finish that. And Mary recognizes this. She sees this Jesus as the answer to everything she's ever needed. Does she need food? Does she need shelter? Does she need her family not to disown her? Yes. What she needs the most is a savior. She needs Jesus. And so she rejoices in the fact that she's in the plan and that the plan is for all people. And so in our last closing lines of the psalm, she closes out her song with these words. 
She says, he has helped his servant Israel and in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary is rejoicing the fact that God is a promise keeper. She's tracing a line. She's retracing a memory all the way back from generations to generations to generations of a promise that God has made that he spoke to Abraham, that he's echoed through the century, and she's rejoicing in God for his promise kept. She's on the front row. Mary is on the front row of the moment where all of human history was waiting for. Everything up to this point is waiting for this moment. All of the longing and the call for relief from sickness from chaos and conflict, from every desire and envy and selfishness. It's a longing for an end of destruction and evil in the human heart. It was a hope. It was a promise that was echoed from years and years and years. It was a guarantee spoken to the broken mother of mankind. To Eve, the Lord said, take heart. A baby will come from you who will crush the evil in you at his own expense. A promise made to a super, super old man and his wife, Abraham, saying, hey, don't worry. A baby's gonna come from you that will be the blessing to all people and all nations forever. A covenant made to a prominent and prosperous king, David, who loved the Lord, saying, hey, hold up, wait, a baby is coming and his kingdom, he will build my house and his kingdom will be forever. And so through generations and centuries of broken hearts and broken lives and sinful people and sickness and selfishness and the certainty of death in all of our lives, this promise comes and it's been held with hope from God's people for generations to generations and it shows up on Mary's doorstep as a gift in this baby. This baby, this child, this blessing, this king, the crusher of sin and evil and even death, this gift shows up at Mary's door and she sings this song from the depths of her heart rejoicing and Yahweh saves. Rejoicing and God saves. And God does save. He saved Mary and he saves you and I. And this is why we can sing along with Mary. This is the source of our joy and rejoicing in this season. Christmas is not a cute story we tell to kids about barn animals in the barn, right? So we can feel better like little sheepies come up to see Jesus. It's not about that. In my house, my, um, my sister-in-law tries to hide the sheep every year. It's great. It's not about the nativity that you set up every year. It's not about the twinkly lights and the fun, cozy stories by the fire. The story of Mary and Jesus, the coming of the king, is the hope of our salvation. Of the God who stooped from the grandeur of his kingdom over all, to look you and I in the eye and to take care of our sin and to tell us that he loves us, to trade your dead heart with a new heart and new life. And we can trust that God will finish what he started. 
We can trust that he will crush evil and death on Jesus' return. We can trust him because he's kept this promise and he will keep another one. So we see that Mary is rejoicing in the God of her salvation. And this is the same song that we get to rejoice in. We get to rejoice in the God of our salvation. In those same three things that we, unlike Mary, none of you will ever have the privilege of being Mary and being at Jesus' birth. But we've been invited into God's salvation plan. If you're in this room (laughs) and you are a Christian, it's no mistake that you're sitting in the seat where you are. Ephesians 1 tells us that before the creation of the world, he predestined, called you to be a child of God, to be in his kingdom. You're invited and wrapped into God's plan. If you're sitting here and you're not a Christian, you're exploring it, maybe you're like, what are these people talking about? It's also not a mistake that you're hearing these words. And Jesus is calling you to see him, to see himself as the one who saves us, as the king of the universe. He wraps us into a salvation plan that's for all people based on a promise that he kept through all generations and will continue to keep. And we can rejoice in the God of our salvation. This is what we get to do. This is what we get to do in our Christmas season. We gather together as a community We eat food together, we sing together because we're rejoicing in the one who saved us, the one who came into our existence. And so we're gonna sing a song here as the band comes up. One of the songs that I mentioned in here, we're gonna sing that song together. And we're gonna spend some time reflecting on this. I would encourage you to thank God for the way that he has invited you into his story. And knowing that God has wrote the salvation story for all people, I'd encourage you to think of like, who needs to hear the story of Christmas in your life? Like who in your life right now needs to hear the hope of the gospel? Who do you need to share the Christmas story with this season? And then we will continue to thank God for his promises kept. So why don't you stand with me here? I'm gonna pray for you guys and then we'll sing together.